Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss, and we have an amazing guest with us today. Today, we are talking to Kylie Feller. She is a clinical counselor and life coach. She specializes in internal family systems therapy, which helps people understand and heal different aspects of themselves so they can live their life in alignment with their true self. She is also an Akashic Records Records coach and yoga Nidra guide. Her passion to help people comes from her own healing journey, which has provided her with a deep compassion and understanding for other people's struggles and also her understanding of how people can overcome and thrive. I'm so excited to um, welcome you. And when I saw that word come up, I was just so thrilled. I could barely get it out of my mouth. (laughs) So welcome. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to learn more from you, Kylie. I mean, it sounds like you have a really interesting wealth of knowledge, uh, both professionally and in life experience. So I know we're going to have a really fun conversation today. And I'd love to ask you, has there ever been a part of your body that's been easier for you to love? Yeah, I think it's not so much just like a particular part of my body, but just like the strength that's in my body. Um, I've pushed it through like so much, especially like exercise wise or just like accomplishing things. And it just has like never let me down, um, you know, pain wise and everything like that it's just it's worked really well for me. Like I, I can I can push it. So I really appreciate uh, that it's been able to withstand everything that I've put it through. <laughs> yeah, isn't it incredible how our bodies are super healing machines? Um, I think that so much of the time is focused on how the quote unquote body is failing us um, when that's not really the case. Um, I'd love to know more about that. Like, what have you overcome with your body and where are you in a place with your body now? Yeah, it's been a, a really long journey with my body. I experienced a lot of trauma when I was younger with like complex trauma when it's just like one after another, after another. And when you go through so much trauma, you actually disconnect from your body often. Well, some people can go into hypervigilance, but again, you're still really disconnecting and you start to live in your head and your body's almost like detached. And when you can't feel your body, you can't feel really, you lose like your intuition. Um, And so a lot of my journey, because I went through so much when I was younger, I knew (laughs) I was going to have to do a lot of work. I think when I was 10, I was like, I'm going to become a psychologist because I'm going to have to figure this out. And um, it took a lot, but I feel like the the body-based therapies really helped me um, kind of reconnect. It was when I did my yoga teacher training, it was the first time I started to really feel emotions in my body. And it was like that, that waking up of it. I I was so used to pushing my body so hard. I couldn't feel it or you could feel something where instead I started to kind of slow down and really kind of tune into what my body was saying and what my body needed. I love that. Um, I too went through a whole lot of series of complex traumas as a child 
and I think it I can really resonate with this idea of like of disconnecting from my body so I have a, a deadly peanut allergy and mm. I learned as a kid to disconnect from my body because it was safer for me to be in my head yeah. and know that I was going to be okay versus to let what was physically happening inside me um, kind of dictate what I was going to do next so I really did learn to live in my head as you said and I think it's it's such an interesting thing um, to kind of be in that and to experience that and uh, what was, what's interesting for me is I guess like I do think you'd lose some bit of that intuition but I have always had such a strong intuition mm-hmm. especially and that I learned I actually learned to listen to it because of my um, because of my experience with peanuts where my intuition would tell me not to go you know and I was like oh mm-hmm. this thing that doesn't make sense I gotta listen to this voice <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a really interesting thing that you're sharing about um, when it comes to the experience that we have um, with trauma can you share a little bit are you comfortable sharing a little bit more about like like I mean I, I imagine in that moment you didn't know that this was going on can you can you tell us a little bit about what that was like for you like I didn't know the trauma was happening or I didn't know I was disconnected from my body I don't think I imagine that you didn't know yeah. a trauma was ha- that trauma is happening so because oh. I think many people don't realize <laughs> the trauma is happening right yeah like I I very much at a very young age knew there was a lot of trauma my mom had to 16 and, and kidnapped me and I was an amber alert and was almost killed uh, by somebody. So there was, there was a lot of extreme trauma, which I feel like parts of me were lucky to know that because like you said, a lot of people don't know. And there is so much, you know, we have parents, well, generations of trauma, actually we've had like wars and people haven't healed from that. And like the, the West and we get parents who don't know how to emotionally regulate themselves. They don't have the the safety and the space to do that because their parents didn't have the safety and space to do that. And so even though, you know, I think people look back and there's like food on the table and, you know, all your basic needs are met, but your parents are struggling with depression, anxiety, um, substance abuse, postpartum depression. If you had lots of illnesses when you were younger, your parents did, it creates trauma because as children, you need your caregivers to emotionally regulate you. So when you don't have that, you lose that ability to regulate. Like as a child, you you can't regulate your body. You need co-regulation. And when you don't have that when you're younger, when you're older, you don't even know until oftentimes I get clients that have, you know, extreme anxiety or depression. And depression comes in when there's so much going on that it just needs to numb it all down and, and push it all down. Um, but again, yeah, I think I was lucky to know I went through. So I knew from a young age, we're going to have to do a lot of work, uh, to get back. But so many people have no idea that there was a lot of trauma. And then it's so confusing, uh, why you can't connect to your body, why you have so much anxiety and depression or just unhealthy relationships or an ability to like form intimacy or to feel good with yourself or to feel a sense of worth. It's really confusing. Um, yeah. When you look back and it looks like quote unquote normal. 
And I'm, I'm really fascinated by this concept that you're talking about that I would imagine that most of our listeners haven't heard about, which is co-regulation mm-hmm. um, from a parent or parental figure or, you know, adult or guardian or something like that in one's life as someone's growing up. What does, what does that look like when it's happening in a healthy way? Yeah. So if you've been around a kid or uh, you know a baby to when they're you know two three four five they've got big emotions they feel all emotions like they're all there happy sad angry uh everything and those emotions can be really scary to people who are adults who don't feel safe feeling feelings like anger or even joy or happiness or frustration and for it to be like kind of this healthy regulation is when a kid gets angry or upset, they're going to look to you to see like, is this okay? What I'm feeling like, yeah, what are you feeling? And so it creates like this, like safety. So the parent can regulate their nervous system and they're okay being with their children in any of those emotions where a lot of times we label feelings as good or bad or, you know, without ever checking in to see like what's underneath, what's the need that's not being met right now when kids are kind of getting upset rather than just trying to shut it all down. If that makes sense. Absolutely. And I would imagine that if we grow up and you said this a little bit, but I think it's worthy of saying again, if we grow up in a situation where our parental figure is shutting things down, then we're much more likely as adults to just shut it all down. Right. Yeah. Well, we learn, okay, my anger is not okay. Or, or how I be, I'm not okay is what happens. Cause when you're a child, it can never be your parents' fault. Um, and our parents are doing the best they can with the skills they have, you know, this isn't, we, we can only do what we have access to and our culture does a really horrible job at teaching us. Um, emotional regulation and, and just emotional health in general. Um, but yeah, when there, there isn't this ability to kind of mirror and hold space it, um, we lose that ability as adults. Like we have to go back now and learn that on our own. And that can be really difficult because you've had this model for so long. And that's where I have searched basically my whole life to try and find a theory that can help you go in and fix that kind of that dysregulation or find those parts of you that got stuck in the past in trauma. And, you know, again, the West, I think super fails at giving us theories that can and tools and approaches that actually like heal. Like we can heal our nervous system. We can heal our body. We can heal our mind. Um, but yeah, it took, I found it the one approach internal family systems that's created by Richard Swartz to be one of the most powerful. And also the new movement in psychotherapy is somatic work. So working with the, the body, um, to create this, this regulation again, um, it's like learning how to become our own parent as an adult to the parts of us that are suffering. I love that. I'm curious. Um, what was it that initially got, like, was it your own trauma that kind of got you interested in this work? Yeah, it was literally, I needed to heal myself. And, um, I think when you go through trauma, you also really distrust other people. 
trauma often happens other than like accidents and stuff like that. But with caregivers, it's at the hands of the people that are supposed to keep you safe. And so other people can, you can just not trust them. And I tried to go to quite a few therapists and they were not helpful, um, maybe even more harmful sometimes. And so I was like, I'm going to go get my, my master's and move towards my PhD and just figure this out on my own. Um, now I have like three therapists that I work with, but knowing you don't know just in the general population, like who can help. And in my training, in my formal training, I did not learn basically one thing that could help somebody heal trauma. We hardly even touched on it. We had like a lecture on trauma where I think everything is at the core of it, some kind of level of trauma, like different on a, on a continuum, right? But how it impacts your ability to connect to yourself, your worth, your ability to regulate, um, it's that's all from trauma, basically. So I, yeah, I just went searching and it was really sad that the formal education didn't teach me that, but there are very powerful approaches and psychologists and doctors that have gone out of their way and created these different like models, um, that you can specialize in, but you're not going to find it in formal education. Yeah. Um, and the psychosomatic work that you referenced, would you, if we were to use that to help ourselves heal trauma, would you kind of identify that as a self-care or a self-love practice that really helps us, um, in in life in some way and if so how yeah yeah you know there's a lot of different like psychosomatic or like somatic approaches that are coming out because we're realizing that trauma is stored in the body it's not just this mental thing even though the mind is very much involved but um there's a, a beautiful book called The Body Keeps the Score by Bissell van der Kolk. And he talks about how trauma impacts the brain and the body. So really normalizing um, these things. And it often gets misdiagnosed as other, other things when it's, when it's really trauma just stored and stuck in the body. And then he talks about the top approaches to heal trauma. Uh, he works a lot doing research on trauma-informed yoga and how yoga has the ability to help heal the body. Cause again, it's like our hips, our hips store so much trauma and so much emotions. Um, I don't know about you, but like when I do hip openers and yoga, or when I teach yoga, I will cue crying when we do a, a hip opener because oftentimes emotions can come out or people can't even go into those poses. Um, so I think just bringing this awareness into our body that it's storing everything and starting to listen to our bodies and being really nurturing to our bodies and, and noticing our nervous system, um, and what it needs and self-care practices like, like yoga. Um, there's TRE is a new one that I've been learning. It's, um, trauma or tension release exercises that create a tremor response in the body. It's like how animals, you know, how you see animals, they shake after they're like escaping danger. And that shaking is the discharge of the cortisol and adrenaline from, from the event. And so humans actually have it too, but because we are so worried about how we look and we don't want to look like embarrassed, we stop ourselves from shaking. And then we've pathologized shaking, but really the shaking is the body's ability to try and regulate. So the TRE is something people can do as their own personal self-care practice. It's, it's innate and in us and it moves through the body, releasing stored stress and, and tension. 
Um, I think the nice thing about somatic stuff is you can do it for yourself and, and on your own, a lot of it, like it's nice to have a guide, but they'll give you lots of tools or if you, you search them too, there's a lot of different, um, practices to, to work with the body. I love that. And wow, you're just, um, a goldmine of, of really interesting information and really helpful information and informative information and definitely different than any other um, guests we've had on the podcast thus far. So super grateful. Um, and I want to hear a little bit more about you and your journey. Um, is there an area of your body that you feel is harder to love? Yeah, like um, most of my life, I really struggled with my weight. Um, I think like when I was younger, my, my family just had issues around weight a lot of the time. And, um, my stepdad would tell me I was gaining weight when I was like 11 years old and that I was going to get so big. We'd have to cut the doors of the house open because I wouldn't fit in them. And I just, I actually, what was happening too, is my thyroid was stopping working. And so I was like the fastest person to the slowest person. And I was putting on a lot of water weight. Um, they didn't diagnose that for a long time, but I really felt like my body was like betraying me even more. It was like shutting down. I was disconnecting from it even more. And then I, I was also quite tall when I was younger. I was, well, I was, I'm not very tall, but I was like five, four in grade five. And then I, I stopped growing. Um, but I remember, you know, it was only about five years ago. I was tree planting and I lost a bunch of weight. And I remember going into the clothing shops and trying on clothes and thinking they had the wrong sizes. Like they must've messed up because there's no way I could be fitting those small of sizes. Like I just could not, I couldn't see my body. Like it was never going to be, um, small enough. And I, I put it through a lot. And I think now I'm probably the, like the largest I've ever been, but I feel the most comfortable in my body. It feels, um, so nice but I know that has been my biggest struggle is just even being able to see myself as I am Mm -hmm. wow absolutely it just (laughs) that sense of betrayal that you talk about um and you know what was said to you um Mm -hmm. as a child it just it it impacts us so deeply Um, and you know, I read a research study not that long ago of individuals who, um, were, you know, suffering from anorexia nervosa, um, Mm -hmm. and they believed that they were so much bigger than they were that they would come up to doors like normal size doors and would turn sideways in order Mm -hmm. to try to fit through the door, even though they would have, you know, multiple of them would have fit through the door, um, you know, walking head on. And it's, it's such a testament to how powerful our brain is. Yeah. Um, so thank you for sharing that with us mm-hmm. and, and sharing in such a vulnerable way, because I know that we have a listener out there right now that is listening and thinking, wow, this is, this is me. This is what I've gone through too. Um, and, you know, talking about how you've moved through it and, and come to a better place. That's, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, it's, 
it's not a easy journey, but it's, it's so worth it. And I think some people think it, it takes a long time and I don't think it has to, if you can get the right support and, and having the right tools and skills. I think we fail a lot in our society because we think we can just do it alone. You know, things when it comes to like our body or our worth or, you know, things that are quite personal and intimate, if they're off, we just feel like we're failing if we don't know how to do it but we never had it modeled to us. We never had the right tools and skills. We live in a society that profits off of us suffering and not feeling good in our bodies. So we have like so much against us and it's not bad to not know or to feel stuck, but to know that there is actually a way out. You might not be able to realize it on your own or to comprehend it, um, but there are resources, there are professionals, there are practices that can get you back into your body and can help connect you into your worth that is always there. It's not dependent upon anything else around you. And um, yeah, you, you, can, you can get there. Yeah. And I, I love um, that you are honoring yourself in saying that um, that you're that you're in a place where you're heavier than maybe you ha- had been in the past, but that you're also feeling more comfortable and at peace in your skin. But I also know that there may also be moments where that old programming or those old beliefs kind of come back. Mm-hmm. When that happens, what is a way that you you practice self-love or self-care to help you kind of navigate that that moment where it's still challenging? Yeah. definitely like, you know, the work I've been doing with internal family systems, just like that idea that we have multiplicity of the mind, we have multiple parts and the body is included, um, as one of those parts. And then, you know, anytime we try to find a part, like a part that's, um, anxious, or I have parts that are critical uh, of my body, like they're, they're still there. They're just not leading, (laughs) leading me, you know, in, in a way that I can't see myself, but the practice of IFS is like, I'll work with my therapist or I'll work on on it on my own, but if I can feel that critic or I can feel like that heaviness in my body, sometimes it's like an armor that I can feel of, of protection and I get curious with it and why it's there and why it's making me feel that way and what its positive intention is. And I have developed so much appreciation Um, and understanding for even why I put on extra weight sometimes that it is a protection based on the trauma that I've been through in the past. And when I'm feeling heavy like that, or I have parts that like, I had one part that did not want me to do yoga. Like I love yoga. I feel amazing after. And when I got curious about why I didn't want me to do that is it told me there's so much trauma in the body. And if you do that, there's this risk of it being too much. And as soon as it told me that I was like, oh, I understand. And it, and the resistance went away. (laughs) And so it was just this, like, I think we get so used to like pushing or trying to like fight our critics. Um, and again, my critic, if I get really curious about why it it makes you feel that way, there's this belief system that like, oh, if you don't look a certain way, you're not going to be in a relationship. People won't like you. People are going to like judge you or, or different things like that. Um, and when I listened and I understand that it's just really trying to make sure I fit into this society and it can feel that I can actually lead that, that I'm not in, in danger of being judged and that I'm okay just the way I am. It relaxes. It gives me space. And then I can start to see myself more clearly and I can start to do the things that I love. And when it comes up, it's just like this 
this warning that something might have triggered me on the outside. Sometimes I'm, I'm with family. It can come up more, um, different people. Um, but it's just this turning towards with compassion and curiosity to understand why it's there. Also, the understanding that all parts of me have a good intention, even when they cause me a lot of uh, <laughs> suffering <laughs> consequences, their intention is actually really positive. And so if I can slow down and get curious and let this part feel that I'm here. And that's another thing in this theory. When you're younger, your what we call is like our true self isn't formed enough to lead your life. So your parts have to. So when we go through like a thing that I went through with my stepdad, a part developed that was like, okay, like we have to be careful of what we eat or we have to hide what we're going to eat or we're going to get really big. And that was like to protect me from getting in trouble again or to protect me from getting hurt again. Um, but those that that system continued into my adult life when I was safe and I could I could do it on my own. I'm okay. There isn't anybody that's going to be the way that he was to me. And if there is, as an adult, I can walk away. <laughs> like I'm fine. Right. I'm, I'm okay. And so a lot of my practice is just getting to know these different aspects of myself, the different survival strategies they've been stuck in and through being curious with them and being compassionate and letting them connect back to me, they relax. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you also shared a little bit about um, our survival response in that and how that can that becomes a subconscious pattern in some ways uh, with food, with other things based on the trauma that we may have experienced. Because one of the things that we want to keep in mind is where I find is helpful for me um, in in navigating or being curious about my trauma is remembering that I didn't always have the same resources that I have as an adult to fight, to flee, to mm -hmm. to freeze and to fawn. My, my options weren't the same as a child and so like the ways that I behave subconsciously in some of those situations is it can be a mirror of um, of my past circumstances and it's for me really beneficial to remember that at the end of the day like like you said I'm an adult I can do these things and uh, I think curiosity really helps us take ourselves outside of the situation and give us that little bit of, of curiosity or a little little bit of like space that we need um, but I also like I know you mentioned that part of it is like when you go through trauma is that you stop listening to your intuition so when we're listening and receiving some of these messages or being curious, you know, to me that that sounds like a more evolved version of listening and because you're working with your intuition. So mm -hmm. somebody who's just starting out in this practice of understanding and listening to trauma, how how do they listen and how do they build that relationship with intuition? Yeah. Yeah. And I think in like the IFS kind of our internal family systems model, it's like our intuition is something like we call like our true self also. Um, and in the model, it's like we have all these parts, but we also have a center and it's not a part we call it the true self and characteristics of it is curiosity, is compassion, is clarity, is connection, is creativity, is calmness. Um, all we call it the eight C's, but it has like perspective. And it has the ability to heal. 
And again, it's not formed well enough when we're younger. So parts don't even know that it exists really, that there is this like inner healing force within us that is very intuitive, very wise. Um, but it doesn't have power to like push parts out of the way, <laughs> just heal. Um, so parts have to trust that. And it, there's a lot of really amazing, um, guided meditations or exercises Some people don't like the word meditation uh on insight timer don't know if you guys have ever it's a free app um richard swartz uh the founder of ifs has a bunch of free meditations on there that kind of you you drop into your body and say it's anxiety or stress you're feeling or maybe really critical of your body or disconnect from your body or numbness you find it in the body and then you start to get curious about it and you can start to have a dialogue with these parts. So instead of thinking, I think sometimes we think we just know ourselves or this is the way it is and we forget to be curious. And these, these parts of us, like a numbing part or an anxious part, oftentimes are quite young. They developed when we we're really young. And so by getting curious, you start this dialogue in this relationship to let them know that, hey, I made it. <laughs> I'm not there anymore. Because things in your current adult life, if those parts of you are still stuck in the past, or you still have these survival strategy parts, everything in the present will just trigger them if it's a similar response. And sometimes, I don't know if you've ever noticed that like you respond like you're really young even though we're, we're older. Um, so the way out of that is again, connecting to self. And that's the first way is just start being really curious. Um, there's a lot of books on, on IFS. Uh, Richard Swartz just wrote a new one called no bad parts. I suggest listening to it on audible because he talks about IFS and then will lead you through an exercise so that you get to experience it. And it is very body based. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that resource. What mm -hmm. is your favorite form of self-care? Mm, oh, that's hard. <laughs> I feel like uh, in my line of work, like I'm working with people with trauma all day long. So my like self-care, I have, I have so many self-care practices. Um, yeah, but I think we'll... <laughs> One of my favorites right now is yoga nidra. Um, it's dream yoga or sleep yoga. Again, Insight Timer has a lot of free ones. I have some on there as well. And you just lay on your back in Shavasana, which I know is the pose everybody loves in yoga. <laughs> but, uh, so you start there and it's this ancient practice that's designed to walk you through the different layers of the body and the mind, which also correlate with different brainwave states. So your consciousness has an unlimited amount of energy, but your mind and your body need to sleep. It needs rest. So this practice actually, in the way it's designed, each little section in yoga nidra will walk you through the different brain waves. So from beta to alpha to theta to delta, and you'll be aware. And it creates like this opportunity for like deep, deep healing for the mind and the body because it almost never gets that deep of rest because it knows you're watching. So it can actually really, really sleep or it actually sleep. Our body is ready to jump up at any time. Um, so I do a yoga nidra often most days, midday to just like reboot myself. But 40 minutes yoga nidra, they say is equivalent to four hours of sleep. 
So I still need a lot of sleep though, too. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for, yeah. for sharing that as a great resource. And um, I, I think that sounds like a great self-care practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, would so typically we ask someone to give a tip for reconnecting to their body when those Mm -hmm. old negative patterns arise but i'm curious if you'd actually lead us through the meditation that you had mentioned uh, for reconnecting with our body just as a demonstration of how someone could do that would you be open to that yeah i would absolutely love to do that um yeah so yeah we can just do that right now sounds good Perfect. Um, so don't do this if you're like driving, or you're like operating heavy duty machinery, um, maybe just pause it and come back to it. Um, but you can always just be curious if you are doing something and, and just listen. So I just like to start if you, if you can take the time to get seated and, and just getting comfortable, that always helps. And we're just going to start by taking a couple of nice deep breaths. So just breathing through the nose into the belly, belly rises, and then slow exhale. Nice deep inhale through the nose into the bottom of the belly. And slow exhale. Just continue these nice, slow, deep breaths. And when we make that exhale a little longer than the inhale, we actually activate our parasympathetic nervous system and it helps relax and turn off the alarm bells in the body and mind. So just allowing this breath to take you from the outside world to the inside. Beginning to shift your focus. Maybe starting a little scan through the body. If it feels okay, just noticing your toes. Just scanning through your feet and legs. Without judgment, but just some curiosity. Noticing the different areas of ease. Be noticing the different areas of some discomfort or tightness or tension. Scanning through your hips and stomach. Starting to notice your heart. Your chest and back. Seeing your arms and hands. Moving through your neck and through your head, I mean, noticing the different thoughts that might be present. And so you notice, noticing that you're also the observer of the body. There's two parts, maybe more. And as you notice your whole body and everything that it's feeling or not feeling, you to ask yourself, how do you feel towards your body? In this moment, just noticing when you ask that question, there might be some parts that get activated that might not be so happy with your body, might want to be getting out of your body. 
Just noticing what that question activates in the mind. And all those parts, if there's any parts that don't like the body right now or don't want to be in the body, just letting them know that they don't have to change their opinion of the body, but just see if they'd be willing to give you just a little bit of space. And that space, sometimes in my mind, I like to visualize a part um, kind of stepping to the side and sitting down or going into another room. Or sometimes you just feel a little shift. There's no right or wrong here. And when you ask those parts to step back and give you just a little space, they might say yes or no. And if they say no, that's completely fine. You can just stay with them and kind of get curious about what they're afraid would happen if they did give you some space to be with your body. If it feels okay, as those, if your parts are willing to give you some space, see if you can get a little bit of curiosity from your heart. Just a bit of curiosity about the body or this openness to maybe understand it a little bit better. Just noticing if there's just a little bit of space in your heart. And if you've got a little bit of curiosity, let's see if you can notice if your body is aware that you're there. Again, you might get a visual, even though we can feel our body, our body might show up as its own kind of caricature. Mine always like to show up as cartoon figures from SpongeBob for some reason, which show I don't even watch. So it could show up that way, or it could just be a felt sense that you know your body is aware that you're being curious about it. And no right or wrong here, just noticing. And if your body is aware of you being there and it can feel this curiosity coming from your heart, send the invitation for your body to share anything it would like to share with you or show you so you can understand it better. Just send that out and just listen. You might have some emotions or some memories or some images that pop up. And no right or wrong here, just this sitting in this open space to get to know your body just a little bit better. Whatever it shares with you, 
it makes sense to you, let it know that that makes sense. Whatever it's experiencing or wants to show you. And if it doesn't, you can just ask it to expand a little bit. Before we leave this space with your body, you could ask one more question if there's anything that your body needs from you. And again, just send that out from your heart with some curiosity. Whatever it is, if you're able to do it, just make that little commitment to your body. And when you're feeling ready, just you know, thanking your body for showing up and doing everything that it does for you. And if it feels all right to you, maybe even committing to come down again and, and spend some more time getting to know your body. Maybe the different aspects of it. And when you're ready, we're going to come back to the breath. So taking a nice deep inhale through the nose into the belly. And slow exhale. Another nice deep inhale through the nose into the belly. And slow exhale. Just letting your breath take you from the inside world back out. Perfect. Thank you, everyone. I hope that um, you got a little bit of information or connection to your body and, and maybe a way that you hadn't experienced before. Yes, thank you so much, Kylie. And I'm curious, uh, you know, as we as we finish off with that meditation, um, where I definitely got a chance to feel much more connected to my body. Um, I'm curious if you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share on today's episode. Um, no, I just yeah, I really appreciate um, being here. And, you know, if anybody listened to this podcast and they had any other kind of questions um, about connecting to the body or resources, um, 
I have so many and I can share them with you guys too. If you would like a list of, of resources that you can share with your readers, just about kind of healing trauma and, and connecting to the body or different practices um, that can help with that. I, yeah, I, I would love to leave that with, with your reader, like your listeners. Yes. We'd love to put that in our private inner circle group so that the folks who want to be a part and learn a little bit more from you can do that. Thank you so much awesome. for sharing that Kylie. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to. I think, you know, I would just love it if people had more access um, to do different tools. And for sure, everything that I know won't work for everyone. We're all a little bit different. Um, but I know how difficult it is to, to even start, you know, especially if you have trauma or, you know, there's something going on with the body. You know, you, you walk into like an indigo books, you put a search into Google about how to overcome that. And you're just flooded, uh, with so much, some good. And, and a lot of it just kind of useless, um, stuff I find. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I just, I just wish that everybody would have access to, to what would work for them so that they can, they can heal and they can be connected to themselves and their body in a really positive way. Thank you so much. And if people are looking to get connected to you, how can they best do that? Um, yeah, the they can send me an email. It's info at kyliefeller.com or you can reach me um, through my website, www.kyliefeller.com or on any of my social media platforms too. And again, if there's any kind of just questions I'm or any resources I'm I'm happy to offer that uh, I am a level two IFS trained uh, counselor I'm also an Akasha coach works with a lot of trauma and I'm just getting certified to be a TRE uh, provider as well which is that trauma um, trauma tension release exercises uh, in the body Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for all of the value that you gave our listeners. It was really inspiring. And I feel like I learned so much in the podcast today. Just really, really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, more than happy to share, um, to share this and so happy that you have a platform for this to, to get out and reach people. I think it's so needed and, and so good. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for everything you shared with us, Kylie. We're so grateful for the additional resources that you're sharing with our inner circle as well. Mm -hmm. I just want to say again, thank you for being a part of today's episode. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, all the best to you guys. And I'm sure we'll stay in touch in the future. Yes. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for listening to the Body Positivity Podcast. Stay subscribed for more body love, inclusivity, and respect for self and others. Until next time. Bye.